Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast, we're going to be recapping the game against the Golden State Warriors as the Spurs drop one in embarrassing fashion on the road, no less, to the Golden State Warriors. And we'll talk a little bit about what happened during that game, our expectations for game two, what how we think the Spurs will fare, maybe coming back home, and we'll devil into a little bit of Kawhi talk. And we'll also talk a little bit about, you know, other things going along in the world of sports today in an all-new episode of the Two Shots podcast. And we're actually joined today by a very special guest. We'll get to him in just a minute. So an all-new episode of the Two Shots podcast starts now. All right, guys, it's just like I said, we are joined by a very special guest today. We are joined by Rudy Campos Jr., also known as the Sports Guru SA, which you can find him on Twitter at sports underscore guru SA. So tell the people a little bit about yourself, Rudy, and who you are, what you do. Hey, guys. Hey, I'm pretty much the uh, Sports Guru SA, as Joe said. Uh, mothers may know me from uh, other sports things as far as the sports goes, a radar sports star. Uh, pretty much I'm just a diehard fan, love of every sport, love of the game, and I enjoy talking about sports all the time. Cool things, man. Well, let's get right to it. Yesterday was kind of a an embarrassing game for our Spurs. You know, yes. they kind of really blew that game against the Warriors, game one. But, you know, it wasn't surprising. And, you know, the Spurs have gotten blown out before and, you know, mm-hmm. against like, you know, games that happen with, for example, Houston Rockets. You know, they got yes. embarrassed, but they were able to bounce back. You know, things happen in the NBA, you know, especially during playoff season. Yeah, they got, you know, they got embarrassed and they got ran out of the building. But is it cause for panic right now and just everybody to assume that the Spurs are going to get swept? I don't think so, man. <laughs> definitely yeah definitely not it's not cause for panic you know it's game one uh you didn't know exactly what kind of spurs team was going to come out there was it going to be the spurs team you saw the last few games of the season that was clawing and fighting uh, for the playoff spot or with the first thing you know throughout the regular season where you just saw them you know just struggling left and right on the road at home you just didn't know and it was almost kind of expected on some cases that golden state was going to come out and pretty much blow them out of the building yeah, but I mean the final score it was one thirteen to ninety two, but it really, really it wasn't even really that close. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, this game was pretty much over in the second quarter. You know, Golden State really just pulled away from the Spurs. The Spurs really had no answer on the offensive end or, you know, on defensively against the Warriors. They just couldn't, you know, they basically couldn't find anything to that worked to kind of slow them down and, you know, make adjustments, in game adjustments. Um, this time, you know, but you know, second game is a different story. I mean, you guys got to put this one behind you, move forward, make some adjustments and see what happens, you know, and coach pop is kind of the master of, you know, tweaking the spurs and making the best out of what he has, which he has done that all season. Um, what do you think as far as game adjustments, you know, as far as the game adjustments pop might do in game two? You know, Pop's a legendary coach. We're not going to deny that. Uh, a lot of people have questioned what he's done this year with the Spurs, uh, especially in lineup-wise, where they think, you know, Patty Mills is a defensive liability, which a lot of people do see that. And, you know, I'm sure Pop does know that in the back of his mind, that he is a defensive liability. But he also has something that a lot of 
fans and you know other people don't have in him and that's trust he trusts patty mills to be on the floor in certain situations so i think the adjustment that pops are going to probably end up doing is trying to figure out how to lim- eliminate that uh pick and roll switch on the defensive end on kevin durant that's kind of looked like what got the warriors going you had a very small player like patty mills Brent forbes on kevin durant off that pick and roll he may want to try to maybe go on uh, with a double team once that pick and roll happens and kind of maybe move his big uh, a little closer to the basket to be a rim protector. Yeah, what what I'm thinking more along the lines is, you know, the Spurs really at this point they need offensive weapons, and the starting five that Popovich started with yesterday and Lamarcus Aldridge, Kyle mm-hmm. Anderson, Patty Mills, Danny, well, Dejounte Murray, and Danny Green. Out of those five, only four actually scored any points. Kyle Anderson laid a goose egg. He had zero points. He had one assist, zero steals, zero blocks, three rebounds. That's not going to cut it, man. And he only played limited minutes in 11 minutes. What I would suggest, I think uh, Popovich at this juncture, he needs to go ahead and maybe switch out Kyle Anderson. And, you know, I dare say even and Patty Mills, since they're Patty Mills is undersized and really can't, you know, guard Kevin Durant. I think he needs to go ahead and give maybe, you know, Derek White some playing time and, and maybe make him start in lieu of Patty Mills. And as far as Kyle Anderson goes, I like Rudy Gay in that lineup. I think the Spurs need offensive weapons. And if they have Rudy Gay, I think it will kind of open the game up a little bit more for LaMarcus and make it a little easier for him to score points. Because, he, I mean, the, the Golden State Warriors knew what was going on with the Spurs. If you take LaMarcus out, you try to make other people beat you. And at this point, they know that, you know, the Spurs are going to struggle. And that's exactly what happened. But what do you think about those slight adjustments if that happened, Rudy? Do you think it's good, bad? No, no. They're they're actually, you know, as far as uh, real quick on the offensive side goes, you know, I'm going to chalk up game one as just a bad shooting game. And it happens, especially in, you know, the NBA in the playoffs. You may have that one game where you're shooting bad and stuff's not falling. And they just look very out of sync on the offensive end. And with the lineup changes that you're talking about, that's something that I actually thought about. And certainly Rudy Gay and for Kyle Anderson, that adds a little bit, you know, adds a scoring, uh, a little bit of more scoring because he has a scorer pretty much first mentality. Patty Mills coming out. I I would truly really like to see Danny Green go back into that starting spot uh, at the two guard instead of Mills, just because Green would give you that instant burst of defense and, he kind of is that, that streaky shooter where he, when he gets warmed up and he's starting to hit early in the game, he's pretty much good for the rest of the game. And that's kind of what I would like to see is Rudy Gay and Danny Green to get back into that starting lineup. Uh, Derek White needs more playing time. I love Tony Parker to death, and I said he was the key to Spurs' victory in the series. Parker still is, but I, I see White as being that prototypical Spurs point guard. You know, he gives you a little bit of everything, and it seems like his defense is just that much more better than DeJounte's right now. Yeah, I like Derek White, even though he just played a couple of minutes yesterday. When he did come in, he was uh, very effective. I mean, he had a block. He was scoring, you know, and he even, in the limited minutes that he had, and let me look right here, Derek White played 13 minutes. He had seven points. He had a better yeah. game than Tony Parker. Tony Parker played 13 minutes, had two points. His plus minus on the night, Tony Parker was a minus 17. Derek White was a minus one. So at this yeah. point, at this juncture, it looks like Derek White was playing a better game, had more energy than a Tony Parker. So to me, if you're looking at stats, you're looking at numbers-wise, you know, not even looking at 
experience, which Tony Parker will beat a Derek White or anybody in that area, you know, hands down. But right now, I think the Spurs need to match, you know, Golden State's athleticism and youth. And, you know, I mean, what what's the harm that can can come from giving a, Der- a Derek White a, a start and putting Rudy Gay in the lineup? If it doesn't work within the first two or three minutes, you yank him and you go with what you had, you know? And exactly. if it's there's no harm. Yeah. And if it's productive, then you stick with it, you know? So I don't know, man, that's yeah. that's. But, you know, Popovich probably won't even do that because you know, everybody knows he's stubborn and he's going to stick with who he has. You know, this is my my bread and butter. And I've, you know, gone with this lineup all season. He's not going to change it, you know, too yeah, much. He, he's a stubborn coach. But at the same time, you know, uh, what people may not see as well as I kind of look at some a little bit more inside of it. You know, this is just icing on the cake for this first to make the playoffs. I mean, they they wanted to get in. They got in. I feel they may have exhausted uh, their entire roster. They may have just been exhausted and tired clawing into the playoffs, you know, just to get in. So it kind of just made like, okay, we made it here. Let's just play, see what we got. Let's maybe get some extra players in there to see what they can do. And let's just kind of get ready for next season. That's kind of the way I feel towards that part. Yeah, but, you know, the Spurs are in the playoffs and the for better or for worse, they battled to get in here, you know? So mm-hmm. I expect them, because they do come from a championship pedigree, to figure some things out. And I I expect them to have a better game or a better showing against the Warriors mm-hmm. in Game 2, which will be tomorrow at 9.30. So yeah, we'll definitely. just have to see what happens on that end. It's not going to be which team wants it more, because believe me, the Spurs really do want to win this, win the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, it it's... What do you what do you have as far as talent? You know, you can't win it with just pure talent alone, you know, because Golden State's going to beat the Spurs in that department. But with one thing that the Spurs can do to keep them in the game and give them give themselves a chance, I believe, is play good defense. You know, it all starts on the defensive end. And I think if they can play great defense against the Warriors, they give themselves a chance because they can stop the bleeding when it comes to those fast break points, you know, when it comes to, you know, just the team scoring on, on them at will, like in JaVel McGee was, they made him look like an all-star MVP candidate, you know, yesterday and all that stuff can be cleared up. I mean, yeah, they may have gotten rattled and, you know, maybe DeJounte said it best, you know, after the game, he's like, you know, even Manu kind of hinted at it where he said that the team really from a mental aspect, they weren't ready, you know, Physically, they were there and they battled, but mentally, some of them just weren't there, and and it was evident. So I'm sure that that'll get rectified and cleaned up, and they'll have a better shot. But what do you think? You know, go ahead. I've got a question real quick for you towards the game before we kind of go on to the next segment. Sure. But do you think that if Javel McGee didn't have the type of first quarter that he had, do you think that game would have been closer down the stretch? Because it seemed like that was a momentum a huge momentum uh, piece for the Warriors. My thing is, if JaVel McGee didn't go off on the Spurs, I believe somebody else would have. It was just they were playing at home. They were playing mm-hmm. in front of their crowd. And if it wasn't JaVel McGee going off on the Spurs, it would have been somebody else. I really think that if you were to trade JaVel for someone else, the outcome of the game kind of still would have been the same. Maybe, okay. you know, four or five points less you know a little bit closer but I think the product would have been the same just because of the sheer amount of mistakes defensive lapses 
uh, offensive droughts going through as far as the Spurs not being able to score. Um, they kind of looked a little out of sorts. They weren't in any type of rhythm. And credit to you know Golden State for playing great defense on the Spurs, which kind of kept them on their heels all night. But I think the the end product would have been the same. The score would have still been in, in, in the Warriors' favor. But, you yeah. know, we go to a second game. What are your predictions? What do you think? Will you, do you think this is going to be a series or is it going to be a sweep? You know, the Spurs are a bounce-back team from the years that I've watched them. And we're talking it's over 30 years since I've watched the Spurs. And they are a bounce-back team. When they have a bad game, they tend to bounce back really, really well. Uh, Pop has that, that you know, lighter that he puts underneath them and it just fires them up for that next game. I expect the next game to be close. Um, as far as an outcome, you know, for the game, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Spurs steal this game tomorrow night. Only on the simple fact of you had a bad game one, you're, I'm pretty sure Pop laid into them to the point where, you know, they're still sticking, up, they're still sticking to the wall of the locker room. And it's like they're going to come out, I think, with a lot more fire, a lot more passion, a lot more focus. And that's the key to this. They need to stay focused. Pop puts the game plan in play. They need to execute like they said. We just need to execute the game plan. It's there. They know what to do. They have to execute it. And a lot of times they do bounce back from bad losses. So I do expect it to be close. If the Warriors win, I think it's probably going to be on a last second shot, maybe even towards the end of the game. But that's my prediction for game two. I would say, you know, I'm thinking Spurs are going to win by four. By four. Okay. Well, you know, that sounds like a good prediction. I'm expecting the Spurs to put in a better effort. But unfortunately, I just don't think they're going to have it down the stretch to beat the Warriors at home. I'm actually expecting the Spurs to to lose this game. And I think they're going to lose it by at least six points. Um, I think they're going to have a better showing, though, when they come back home to the AT&T Center. I expect them to actually win both games here at home and make the series interesting. Uh, my prediction, and I still will believe this until someone, you know, tells me that the Spurs have finally lost the series and I can see it for myself on paper. But, you know, call me stupid, but I still believe the Spurs can beat this team in a seven-game series. So I'm still counting my Spurs to win the series at 4-2 and two against the Warriors. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you have them winning or do you have them just uh, getting the gentleman sweep? No, no, I will stick with my prediction before the playoffs, uh, before the series started. I called Spurs and six. I will still say it's Spurs and six. Uh, you, I think game one was just a wash. Wipe your hands clean of it. Move on to the next game. Spurs will take at least one in Golden State, and I'm pretty sure my heart tells me it's going to be tomorrow. Um, you know, Spurs fans are definitely going to be like, no way, the way they played this and that. But they got to stop and relax and understand, hey, it's a bounce-back game. They bounce back really good. It I was only one game. <laughs> yeah, it's only one game, and I expect them to win the series in six like I originally called it. You know, AT&T Center is a different place to play, and the Warriors do know that. So, yeah. you know, anything can happen. It is the NBA playoffs. <laughs> okay, so you picking them to win in, in six, and so am I. So let's mm -hmm. go ahead and move forward, and let's talk a little bit about Kawhi Leonard. The national media, media once again was in full effect before the game and even after the game and during the game. Everybody talking about Kawhi and it quite and it started quite a firestorm on Twitter. You know, we even had local media uh, here, you know, taking shots about questioning what's going on with Kawhi. We even had Spurs fans saying it doesn't matter, you know, what's going on. Where's Kawhi? Why isn't he on the sidelines? What's happening? You need to question his integrity and 
people were even going as far as blaming the loss on the uh, you know the Spurs had against the Warriors on Kawhi Leonard. That is absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. Kawhi wasn't even there, and he hasn't yeah. been with us most of the season. He's only played nine games, so everything that's transpiring isn't Kawhi's fault. It's the fault of the players and the way they played the game yesterday. Unfortunately, it wasn't you know a win for the Spurs, but they're gonna. I think they'll be fine and they'll bounce back. And they're going to, you know, pull out a, a win, you know, here back at home at the AT&T Center. But whether Kawhi Leonard or not, he, if he's there on the sidelines at the AT&T Center or in game two or in game three or in game four, you know, it doesn't really matter at this point. You know, this thing that is Kawhi Leonard, the drama that is Kawhi Leonard, does he want to stay with the Spurs? Does he not want to stay with the Spurs? What's going on? You hear things about you know, being thrown around as his camp hasn't cleared him. And you hear Pop say that. You hear some of the players talk about it. At this juncture, Rudy, I'm just tired of hearing it. You know, nobody really knows for sure. No one, I don't care who they are. No one has sources. The only person that I would believe in the national media, period, would be Adrian Wojnarowski. If he came out and he said he has an inside source about Kawhi Leonard and he doesn't want to be here, I might, you know, listen to that and say he might have something because he, the dude's hardly ever wrong. But unless you, you're hearing it from a Jalen Rose, a sideline reporter, nobody knows, you know, for sure what's going on. I, I think it's just time for Spurs Nation to kind of say, let's move on. You know, we'll find out if he really wants to be here come the summertime. Until then, exactly. why even, you know, stir up this drama the team doesn't need this right now. I think it's just nothing more than a distraction. What's your take on it, Rudy? You know, my take is pretty much exactly uh, the way you described it. My whole thing is this Kawhi talk just needs to go away till the offseason. You know, every everybody wants an explanation. Everybody feels they deserve an explanation. They want a daily it. update on Kawhi. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, the guy, the guy got hurt last season. He came back for nine games. And he felt like he wasn't ready. Okay, I, as a fan perspective, I am totally upset about it. I'm like, come on, man. You've been cleared by your team's doctors. Your doctors are saying, no, you can't play. What's going on? I'd love to have an explanation like everybody else. But we already are in the playoffs. We're done with 82 games. 83rd game was last, you know, was yesterday. We still haven't got, a, a you know, an explanation. So it's just time to move on. Forget it. We're going to let the dominoes fall into place in the offseason. If he wants to be here, he'll be here. If he doesn't want to be here, something will happen. And it's okay that, you know, I look at it as, you know, if he doesn't want to be here, that's fine. You know what, brother? I loved you for a few years and I'm still going to love you if you're somewhere else because you're just a hell of a player. Thank you for the the title you brought to us, you know, and your MVP in the finals. You did fantastic. If you want to move on, move on. Hey, we all went to middle school in our lives. We had friends in middle school. When we went to high school, my friends went here. My other friends went there. I went down the middle path. We were all separated. It happens in life. So we just have to sit back and just let everything fall into place and not worry about it right now. Yeah, my sentiments exactly. It's time to move on and stop with the what's going to happen with Kawhi nonsense and just focus on the here and now, what's happening with game two, you know, in the yeah. playoffs right now with the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden Warriors. And hopefully the Spurs make it to round two so we can focus our attention on that and kind of let exactly. the Kawhi debacle just fade away. 
<laughs> exactly. And the whole talk lately has been, you know, I'm seeing a lot of stuff as far as, well, this team's going to offer this, this team's going to offer this. And when it happens, you know what? It happens. And I, uh, I was talking to a few other colleagues and the real quick thing that I mentioned to them, and it may make sense to a lot of fans out there was this back in the day, the Dallas Cowboys were a horrible team. No. They have one player in Herschel Walker. They traded that player and look what happened. They got all these draft picks and they became a dynasty. In this case, the Spurs are not as bad as the Cowboys back then. They still have a foundation. If that one player who is your best player gets dealt and you get an absurd amount back, if that's if that is you know something that you're just saying, okay, we can do this and he wants to move on, you never pass that up. I mean, you don't make a player stay somewhere they don't want to be. You just try to make the best of the situation. Yeah, and I'm sure that the Spurs will do that in the exactly. offseason. They'll have a you know a chat and let's see what happens. Of course, whatever decision comes out of that, of course, we'll all hear about it <laughs> in the news, yeah. and there'll be some type of a, a press release, yeah. you know, the whole, we'll get the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of Dallas Cowboys, that's going to lead us into our next segment real quick. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys this week, breaking news. They released Des Bright. Now, yes. every Cowboys fan, including myself, have, has seen a decline in the productivity and the gifts that, that Des Bryant once had kind of start leaving him. You know, he never was one to run a great route. He was always the one to use his God-given talents as far as his athleticism, speed, and strength to get him into some, you know, get him into the spots he needed to make some spectacular uh, catches and beat the opposing uh, player, whoever was, you know, on him at the time. But now that he's getting a little older, it's getting a little harder for him to rely on that athleticism and speed because it is leaving him. You know, people who, who run great routes, they have longevity in the NFL. You know, look at Fitzgerald with the Cardinals. He's been around a long time, but he's a great route runner. He doesn't just rely on athleticism and speed all the time. He's found other ways to reinvent his game now that he's, you know, in the twilight of his career. Des Bryant, not so much. So what do you think? Was it a good move or a bad move by the Cowboys letting him go? You know, and I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good with the Cowboys. You know, I... I tell everybody, you know, on my uh, on my podcast that I've done, I'm a cowboy fan because of my wife. She's a huge cowboy fan, and if I'm not a cowboy fan, then she's gonna divorce me. So I have to maintain <laughs> my cowboy fandom. <laughs> but you know, I'm pretty I'm unbiased on the Cowboys, and I I'd like to say on does Bryant, I am extremely extremely excited that he was released, only because you're right, his decline in productivity it was very very visible. He only signed that huge deal after he had a terrific season, probably his best season, if I'm, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. And he signed a huge deal. The, the play declined. When you do that, it's like I tell people, hey, man, if you're at work and you you get this bump in promotion, you get this raise, and your work productivity declines, do you really think they're going to want to keep you and pay you that much money? No. They're going to want to move on from you. So I definitely feel that it was a very good move by the Cowboys. They have a very good opportunity in the draft to get a very quality wide receiver. And you're not going to pay him as much as you are Des Bryant. So, yeah, definitely 
very, very good move by the Cowboys. Um, plus, you also got to remember they did sign Alan Hearns, who fits that system a lot better than what Des did. Yeah, you know, it changes hard. I'm not going to lie. Same thing happened with, with the Spurs. And, you know, one thing that I always tell people, never get attached to players because at the end of the day, both the NBA and the NFL, it's a business. And you got to make business decisions that are in the best interest of the team, not the individual player. So, you know, kudos to Jerry Jones for being a man and having the cojones to talk with Dez face-to-face, man-to-man, and say, we're going to release you, rather than him hearing it through the media and creating a firestorm. You know, it was a respect thing. I'm going to talk to you as a man and let you know to your face that we're going to let you go. And I think at the end of the day, both parties agreed and probably realized it was time for them to part ways. You know, it's come to that because Des wants more playing time. Des wants to be able to do, you know, be in the, in the, in the center of attention. He wants, he wants to be a full tilt diva, you know, and he's kind of like a Terrell Owens, even in, you know, his twilight of his career, Terrell Owens really believed he was the best guy out there on, on the field, you know, that he could get it done. Even though, you know, from a number standpoint, it said something different, but you always got to honor that. And you know what? That's great because that just goes to show you how much of a competitor these guys are. They, they don't want to quit, you know, and you got to love a guy like that. So wherever Des Bryant lands, I'm always going to be a fan of Des, you know, I'm going to throw up the X and I'm still going to cheer for the player. I'm a fan of the player and I'm still going to follow him and I wish him nothing but the best. But at this juncture, it was time for Cowboys to kind of move on. It's hard. I'm sorry. I'll I'll say there's nothing wrong with, with cheering for Des Bryant. If he, you know, say he ends up, you know, I'm I'm even saying, say he ends up on the jets, you know, not a very, very good team, but are you still going to be a fan of Des Bryant if he goes there? Yeah, you're going to be a fan of Des Bryant. If you're a true Cowboy fan, you know, you do you do what I say is you do get in bed with the players if you're a fan of that team. Yeah. And wherever those players go, you're going to cheer for them deep down inside, no matter who, who they're playing for. Deep down inside, you want that person to succeed. And yeah. you want to see them do good because they represented your team at one point. So... Yeah, yeah, same thing happened with Ware when he went with the Broncos and he won a, a ring. I was happy yeah. for him. It was about time he won a ring, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, so, you know, wherever he lands, we all wish him the best and we look forward to seeing what the Cowboys are going to do this upcoming season. There's a lot of work to be done and hopefully they can put up a better showing than they did this last season because that, uh, that was a rough season <laughs> for all of us. But we're looking forward yeah. to seeing um, football, you know, once again. So, yeah, I, I got a lot of stuff for that last year. Making, <laughs> I had tons of, uh, we had made some uh, early predicts, well, predictions last off season, and I said the Cowboys were no better than an 8-18. Eight and 18. And I got so many people, fans, hating on me and messaging <laughs> me. And I'm like, you got to understand, guys. It's the whole Zeke thing played out. You know, they don't look in sync in the off season. I'm calling eight and eight, and this is the reason why. And it sure enough ended, you know, didn't end up, you know, as good as they thought they would. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully, you know, when they start this season with no distractions and, you know, nobody's getting suspended, it'll be yeah. a different season, more positive energy instead of this negativity that we saw. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Now, let's get a 
quick look about, you know, as far as what's going on in the NBA right now. Uh, the games today, oh, man, we had we had a, a really good thriller, man, with the Boston Celtics yes. and the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, wow, what a way to send. You thought the game was in the hands of Boston, and then all of a sudden you get this crazy, insane three-pointer with, you know, time expiring, and the Bucks yeah. send it into OT. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough because Boston still pulled out the win, 113-107. to 107. And right now we do have a battle going on with eight minutes and three seconds in the fourth quarter to go against the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Indiana put it on the Cavs all game, and they're still on them right now. They're up 85-71. to 71. Well, Like I said, 8.03 left in the fourth quarter. If Indiana beats Cleveland, that's a big upset, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, but can you say you did it? Now, as someone who follows the NBA a lot, I know I do, and I know you follow it real closely too, but can you really say you didn't expect the Pacers to give the Cavs trouble? I mean, I've yeah, had a I really good that. feeling they were. Yeah, I can't say I didn't, you know? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Indiana still has a good team, but I mean, with all the pieces that Cleveland put together, you would have thought you would have thought that maybe you know there would have been a better showing. But since they added these players right after the All Star break, they still need to be able to be like they still need time to gel. You know they can't yeah. be a cohesive unit if you haven't even played a full season. So it's to be expected. You're going to have these types of growing pains as you're adding new people. You know new players into. Yeah into your roster so it's not surprising it's just yeah and it's hmm. it's it's ridiculous for the cows because it's like it's i call it the philadelphia eagle syndrome you brought in guys with names and guys that were good but when you put them together it didn't work and it just doesn't yeah. seem to work right now for cleveland so it uh, might be time for lebron to start looking at uh, other teams <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're not saying anything for those listening. We're not saying the Spurs and LeBron yeah. connection or anything, but I can guarantee his eyes are going to be a little bit more wide open <laughs> if they lose pretty bad today. Yeah, he he'll probably be looking. You know, he'll he'll be listening to offers. There, I don't say <laughs> I don't see him coming to the Spurs just because we really can't afford the guy. I mean, he's a great player and all, but we'd have to give up too much to yeah. to have him on the team. You know, you'd really have to retool the whole team and get rid of like Danny Green and Patty Mills and, you know, some of these other pieces that we've had here for a while. I mean, just for what, just to have him here for a year or two. And then when he leaves, what's going to happen? We're left with this big hole, you know, who, who are we going to fit in? I think it's just too much of a gamble. Kawhi and the Marcus and you add LeBron. I mean, you would have two years there. And then if you have a hole to fill, and it's we not had Dejounte. Yeah, and we would have Dejounte as a point guard as well. So, exactly. Who so. knows, man? It's just one of those things, you know. Right now, the talent pool for the Spurs can't get any worse. But mm-hmm. we're not the guys that make the <laughs> make the tough decisions and you know make those big offers and sign those checks. So, what do we know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We live in a fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know. You know, it's just going to be a, a weird season, man, for, for us in Spurs Nation as we kind of come to a close of the Two Shots podcast because I see a lot of people still hanging on to the old ways of the Spurs, hanging on to the history of the San Antonio Spurs. 
But what I think Spurs Nation fails to realize, the days of George Gervin, of David Robinson, of the Tim Duncan era, those days are gone. We have a new nucleus of young players out here that are carrying the torch now. And this team is actually looking to form their own identity. We can't compare them, and I think it's unfair to compare them to the teams of old. This is a new Spurs team, for better or for worse. And you know what? If you were if you were a Spurs fan and you were a true fan of the, of the San Antonio Spurs when they were winning all these championships and they were blowing teams out and dissecting them in the playoffs, regardless of what happens, you should still be a fan of this team right now. What do you think, Rudy? I totally agree. You know, the the fandom should never stop ever. I mean, you you're gonna live and die by the Spurs. Even in their their glory days, they had some struggles. And what fans don't realize is hey, the Spurs, even when they had Willie Anderson, Alvin Robertson, you know, those guys, they were still a playoff team. They they made it in. You know, we always landed Golden State with, you know, Mullen, Richmond and Hardaway. And we always got blown out, you know, with Paul Presley and those <laughs> yeah. guys. But we made it in. And that's the thing is, you know, this is a turning point for the Spurs. You're out of the Duncan era. You're soon to be out of the Ginobili and Parker era. And pretty soon, I would say probably 2020, you're going to be out of the pop era. Yep. And we're going to really see a different Spurs team. Uh, you have the nucleus in place as long as they keep it there, which I believe Pop and RC will do. But, you know, fans need to understand that you have to evolve with the game as it changes. And our way of old school basketball, you know, the old days of four down being called, you know, 95% of the time is no more. And it's an, it's always a struggle when you're going from one era to the next and you're trying to evolve with the current game. It's always a struggle because, like you said, you're so used to it a certain way and it's the Spurs way. Now you kind of got to shift to a different style of play. So you're trying to find the pieces that are going to work. And, you know, back in the day, we didn't see seven footers like Durant, you know, shooting the ball with ease. Yeah. So we're, we're in that new style of basketball where it's time to change. And as his first fans realize, Hey, we're going to struggle, but if they keep making the playoffs and they're competitive, why not recruit them? You know, the fans are going to make the difference on some games. Yeah, so the fans need to be loud. You know, they need to be loud at these home games, these playoff games. And wear the shirt. Wear the damn shirt, Spurs fans. The shirts are there on the back (laughs) of the chair. You know, I'm calling the guys out in the lower bowl. Everybody, you know, all the raza, all la gente up there in the the nosebleed (laughs) seats that I like to watch the game with, the real people, the heart and soul of San Antonio, the, the Spurs, the real diehard Spurs fans put on the shirt. As soon as they get in and they get in their seat, the first thing they're doing is they're looking at the shirt, putting it on. The ones in the yeah. lower bowl seem like they're just there for the pageantry. And I'm going to order a beer and I'm going to show off my lady and I'm going to walk around. I want to come out on camera. But they don't even put on the shirt, man. Put on the shirt, you know. <laughs> Support yeah. your team. Get loud. I mean, come <sighs> on, guys. All right, Rudy, why don't you let the people know where they can find you on social media? Sure thing. Hey, guys, if you're on Twitter, uh, definitely go to uh, visit me on Matt Sports underscore Guru SA. 
Uh, but as far as Facebook goes, I have a Facebook page. Just go ahead and add me as a friend. We talk sports on there all the time. Uh, again, Rudy Complex Jr., Radar Sports Star. And that's pretty much all I'm at right now. But you will find me in a lot more places. And I really enjoyed you today. Appreciate it, Joe. Yeah. So come out, you know, hit up Rudy. Make sure you like, follow, and share. Talk sports with him. Great guy. He has a great podcast as well. You're going to be hearing some great things out of Rudy. So make sure you follow him. So that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So I'm Joe Garcia with our guest, Rudy Campos. Until next time goes, until next time, go Spurs go, and y'all take care.